today on Know How. We're going to get all classic with classic gaming. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This episode of Know How is brought to you by Ring. Ring's alarm security kit is a smarter way to protect your entire home. Go to ring.com slash knowhow to learn how you can get whole home security for only $10 per month. And by ExpressVPN. Take back your internet privacy today for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to expressvpn.com slash knowhow. Booyah, welcome to Know How Gaming. I'm Jason Howell. Standing next to me is Sam Skopich from Ars Technica. How you doing, Sam? Doing quite well. I'm always excited to talk about gaming and especially talking about yesteryear gaming. I know. it's Well, it's my favorite topic because I have so many memories. You know, like the 80s, gaming in the 80s was such a great thing. When I think about what we have the ability to do now with technology, I mean, the bar is at such an insane level where all of that retro gaming is so much more accessible now in so many different ways. And we're going to kind of dive into a lot of those those ways on this episode. Obviously, there are legitimate ways. There are illegitimate ways to get access to that realm as well. We're probably not going to dive too much into that aspect of things because there are plenty of ways that you can look into it if you really want to. We wanted to kind of target things a little bit more around your options in the marketplace as it was. Like maybe you want to be a console gaming collector or Maybe you know all about the mini consoles that uh, you know that are releasing. Like, what's that all about? What do you actually get in the box? And and we've got a couple of other really interesting kind of representations of of these kind of more official ways to get into classic console gaming. Absolutely. There's basically, if you want to take old cartridges, you can do that. If you yeah. want to take all-in-one boxes, you've got that option. Uh, it, and then there's ways to take your old cartridges on slightly souped-up hardware in different ways. So it's an interesting ecosystem. It's very broad. So we're going to focus on a few specifics just to give you that taste of how far you might be able to go down the classic gaming rabbit hole. Yeah. So why don't we start kind of at the realm of being a classic gaming collector. Maybe you had an old console, you had a Nintendo 64, or a Super Nintendo, or a Sega Genesis, or take your picks. These things are floating are around we doing? Are eBay. we going to do the, the console war thing? Is this Genesis does what Nintendo don't? Is that where I do the how, song? How about this? What was your favorite classic console? Oof. Uh, it, I, you know, I love an old Game & Watch. i got to really go back to those, Watch. Those, very <laughs> those very specific, only played with one game, had familiar characters, but those really slow-moving <laughs> LED guys. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm an, old, an old enough man to where the NES, I was the, the age and size to where that terrible, terrible controller fit into my hand. I had the NES Max. I was lucky. That had a very weird... Uh, 
like rotating ball. I don't remember the Oh, NES yeah, the Max. NES Max was a really, it had turbo buttons installed on there as well. Oh, Nintendo I remember that officially. now. That's that larger kind no, that of arch controller, So right? No, that was, it was small. The Advantage was the big one. Oh, that, we that was the big one. We don't have any of these old controllers yeah. with us, I'm so sorry to I say. I remember the Advantage. That was a cool controller. But, you know, it, no, the NES has that soft spot, and I really do think those sort of first early games where you really solved and did there something big really matter to you. So I'm assuming for you that was banging stones against a wall. <laughs> Not quite that old. I don't know. You know, for me, my jam when I was a kid was the Commodore 64. It wasn't even a console. It was that computer was such an amazing gaming computer. That was the only reason I had a Commodore 64 was I mean, because of the, the amount of games. And if we were in a different country, it might have been uh, the uh, PC. Uh, the PC engine was PC huge in Japan, yep. uh, which is we know better as the Turbo Graphics here in the States. Right. Or if you're in the UK, something like the ZX Spectrum, or as they would say, the ZX Spectrum, uh, kicked serious butt in the 80s because there was this huge boom for... Uh, Computers are educational. So, right. so many kids in Europe, especially the UK, had these computers, and companies like Rare really came up by making games for the ZX. Yeah. It's a sort of interesting where you came from, what consoles were region-specific up until sort of Nintendo took everything over and sort of snowballed into a more globally united phenomenon from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I had to pick a console... Super Nintendo would definitely be right near the top. I spent so much of my time playing Super Nintendo games. Absolutely agree. Perfectly, uh, perfectly apropos that we are going to focus a little bit on the Super Nintendo. We've got a console in here. Uh, and the idea here is if you've got these old consoles, a lot of times what you're getting out, you might be getting a composite or a component output. RF and, if you're in a real bad place. Yeah, if you're in a real bad place. We don't have a, a way to show you know how to convert that. But you're going to need some way to get this into your TV. You know, And I know I've heard of a lot of people who just have a collection of these old consoles. <laughs> and that's all fine and good. But if you have no way to get it into you know your, your modern HDTV, <laughs> or if you have a way but it doesn't look good, there are ways to improve that right, so right. that that conversion is done even better. That's what we're going to kind of focus on in this yeah. first segment. So um, so what we wanted to kind of start off with is, is kind of show the scale between okay conversion and amazing conversion. So that's what we're going to focus on right here next to the Super Nintendo. We have the Super Nintendo coming out composite into the Geffen TV, or is it Geffen? I'm not really quite sure. Composite uh, to HDMI scaler. And I mean, this is basically doing the conversion for you. You've got some some settings here to where you can set it up based on the requirements of your TV, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's got a little on-screen menu. We're not going to go through that. It's no. one of these really clunky things where you're clicking through. You can change the input and output resolution. You know, you've got like 576i, 1080p, right. a bunch of uh, smaller and bigger ones in between. Uh, but ultimately, a device like this is kind of doing uh, an inelegant job of taking this analog uh, input and turning it into the ones and zeros of HDMI digital output. Uh, and the result, I think, might just be good to flash on the screen of what it looks like. We're gonna, uh, we have currently <laughs> loaded Super Ooh. Mario World on here. That's, uh, yeah, you can see things kind of scanning a little see, bit. You uh, I mean, it's passable, I suppose. You look at it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be able to play. We're not going to be doing a lag test, or an input lag test or things like that, for example. But essentially, you're getting uh, 
a little bit of a blur. You've, it almost looks like it's coming from an old CRT. Yeah. So, but when we so we were testing this out, uh, we had a visitor stop by. Yes, Alan Cecil of Tazbot, and he's going to be on a future episode but, uh, very soon. But he was just in the neighborhood. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and he saw what we were doing. And he said, "Uh-uh, we need to do something a little different." I'm going to go ahead for comparison's sake, especially since you're so bad at this. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and reset. <laughs> we're going to get back to the starting screen. I am going to switch out. Let's go, go again and just take a look. Don't press any buttons. Okay. Of just a sense of so just this. take it in. This and is the Jeff and TV composite HDMI scaler, which I might add costs... Not Jeff and Geffen. Geffen, sorry. I'm thinking of the record label. Uh, <laughs> which costs, by the way, right now you can get this on Amazon for about 213 bucks, and you'll get this quality of, of conversion. But if we go to the top camera here, I'm going to move the stuff around as I switch the cables out. Uh, describe exactly this model of guy we have plugged in here. This is the OSSC, and this is what... Uh, this is what Alan dropped off. This is the open, what does it stand for? The open, hold on. It's an open source uh, scan converter. Right. And, I mean, this is, honestly, this is designed for conversion of, of console games. Right. And what it, we've got specifically this SCART converter here, which plugs in. One end of the cable is very much like, if you've got the, the above camera, hold on, I get the, the, one of the cables just fell. Um. So this guy here is your standard Nintendo cable, your AV jack, uh, cable that plugs into a Super Nintendo and plugs and into an N64. N64 and yeah. I can't remember if GameCube has compatibility or not. But this was a standard one for a while, not the NES. And so same kind of connector is going into the Super Nintendo, but into th this is the crazy, uh, much larger pin. I'm not going to pull it out just for the sake of our demos. Yeah, we've got it all running. In but there's, other, there's a ton of other inputs. We've got... Um, We've got component in, we've got uh, VGA. VGA in, <laughs> but yeah, and then out, we've got HDMI out, we even have a separate audio out in a pinch, uh, and so with that shown, let's go ahead and, if can we flip to the Super Mario World demo that's running now? And I mean, it's like the, yeah, so go ahead and... Don't, do, yeah, don't... Oh, I guess we I gotta, this, See, now take Holy a look right cow, here. Now, dude. I don't know, we may be able to in post get a little before and after. Yeah, do like a little side-by-side. Side. What we look at in the studio right now is absolutely none of that weird blurring or sheeting. We've got all the audio coming in clearly. Um, we've got the, the pixel scaling is really crucial. Um, I'm not going to go right up with a, mic with a microscope and try and be 100% sure, but sometimes you're going to get some weird shaping of pixels, and this is as crisp of an output as you're going to get. Again, I this mean, is this all is coming solid. from an analog system, all coming out as these really clear, nicely defined pixels. Um, I, 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 and that you're going to need someone who knows a lot more about exactly the output that's coming out here. But you can just see the difference almost immediately. That is fantastic. Yeah. I feel like if you're putting together a uh, kind of a console museum, this ends up, like, it's a no-brainer putting these side by side. And uh, this was kind of, like like you said, surpri uh, surprise to us that Alan was in the area and, and could drop this off for, for us to see a before and after. <laughs> Here's the crazy thing. If you go to videogameperfection.com, you can find the open source scan converter and you can buy it. Right now it's posted for 162 euros. That translates out to, or sorry, not euros, pounds. That translates out to about $212. That's a dollar less than yeah. what you'll pay for the, the Geffen. You'll still need to get this, the start cable to, for, to okay. complete the package. So that might run you a little more. But that's we, the reason we show wow. this. Number one, 
uh, because there's just different devices. So getting a sense of what they can do differently on the scale. But also, you can mod systems to have different outputs. So you can go in and actually have HDMI out and RGB out modded into a system depending. And that's going to vary system by system how much work that's going to be, whether it's worth the effort. Yeah. Now, for some people, the answer is going to be, you know what, I'll take my blurry old system. I just want to plug it in and go no big deal and so something you're going to get an image maybe better than that uh, the, the Jeffen the Geffen Jeff and Gavin. I'm just going <laughs> to no. call it the Jeffen. At this point, I'm so thoroughly I just confused. want to anger. I just it doesn't anger, matter. Like. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that is sort of a level that you can go. But when you want to go for that pristine picture that, um, that looks kind of like some of these classic small boxes that are coming out, but with no emulation. Absolutely, this is pure man. system. You're not running into any emulation troubles or tricks or things when you have it running like straight from a cartridge slot with the, the system doing all the work. So that's a sort of consideration of how far you want to go down that rabbit hole. And converter boxes like this do simplify the process. Because again, everything here is stock. We mm -hmm. haven't taken the Super Nintendo. We have not cut it open. We have not done anything crazy. We just have one new cable plugged into one new box, whoosh, to the HDTV. Nah, this Done. Is a, this is a tight it does, piece of hardware. And this right does require its own power adapter. So just be aware of that, that you need one more power thing plugged in to use either of these boxes. And, you know, just keep that in mind. And you're, you're, that's not way too much stuff to add to a retro TV center. But it's worth noting, you're getting into cable-y territory. No, totally. And, I mean, the truth is you're going to need some way to do this conversion. So, you, so if you actually want to get these consoles and buy one off of eBay and plug it into your system, if you have a TV that's anywhere near modern, you're going to need some sort of conversion. It really seems like price to quality. It really doesn't make any sense to go outside of this open source. But this is such a limited... Thing is solid. This is a, a limited testing. We're not telling you that this yeah. is absolutely the way to go, that it's the perfect solution for the system you have, especially if you have an RF adapter as your limitation, if you don't oh, have that, RCA well, or things difference. like that. Yeah. And when you go back earlier than the NES, NES does support um, some RCA, but not uh, some of the older systems. So, yeah. you know, you have to keep that in mind. But... You know, there's a process, and the result could look that crisp. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm like blown away by the quality. It's very nice. That looks pretty, really awesome. Um, okay, so we're going to go ahead and take a, a quick break and thank the sponsor of this episode of Know How, and then we're going to kind of dive into. You mentioned a little bit these mini consoles, and there's you know there's a whole bunch of these happening. Some of them made by the company itself, like Nintendo. Don't eat it. I realize it's the size of a sandwich. I, it looks like a little cookie. <laughs> uh, and then some of them by almost like third party, but the, but they're more efficient. We're going to kind of dive into what, what are the good ones and what do you maybe want to steer clear uh, from. But first, let's take a break and thank the sponsor of this episode of Know How. Well, this episode of Know How is brought to you by Ring. I've said it many times on this network before. I love Ring. I love my smarter home because Ring is there. It's keeping track of everybody that comes to my front door. It's keeping track of our cars in the driveway because now we have the floodlight cam installed right over our garage. That light comes on at night, so it gives us some extra light. Uh, and with every piece that we add to our home, our home gets smarter and smarter. And that's kind of what it's all about. So you know about Ring. You know that they kind of reinvented the doorbell with uh, the, the ability to answer your door from your phone. And uh, now they're reinventing the home alarm system. Uh, if you've checked out traditional alarm companies, you know that they're going to prioritize things like high monthly premiums. They're going to prioritize tying you into these long-term contracts to keep you locked into their ecosystem. Ring is changing that. Ring Alarm is an easy-to-install, affordable home security system with no long-term contracts. 
You can build the system that's perfect for your home, that's just right for your home, and have it up and running in minutes. doesn't take any time at all. The Ring Alarm Security Kit comes with everything that you need to protect your home, as well as 24-7 professional monitoring, and you get all that for only $10 per month. So the package, the Ring Alarm Security Kit, comes with a base station, of course. That's what keeps your alarm system online and keeps all of your mobile devices connected to it so you can check in on it and command it as needed. Uh, a keypad that you can mount anywhere. This is what arms and disarms your alarm system. You don't need uh, power in the walls either. Uh, it's battery powered, stick it anywhere, uh, whatever wall makes sense. Contact sensor, of course. There's uh, this, this is what you're going to attach to your portal. So your doors or your windows It's going to let you know and let the system know know when that door is open uh, or when it closes. Motion detector, obviously, that makes sense. Detecting motion inside your home, put it somewhere where you want to track that at the right time and you'll know if there's movement. And then a range extender, which is going to extend the signal from your base station to all the devices throughout the home, making sure that it's connected the entire time. I'm telling you, once you start picking up these ring products and start putting them into your home and you see how your home's getting smarter and smarter and you're able to check in on things and feel safer and more comfortable when you're gone, you're not going to look back. Ring is fantastic. It really is a smarter way to protect your entire home. The Ring Alarm Security Kit is available by going to ring.com and you can also find uh, all of their products uh, in retail stores across the U.S. Go to ring.com slash know-how and you'll learn how you can get whole home security for only $10 per month. That's ring.com slash know-how. And we thank Ring for their support. I, I feel like um, the natural segue here from like the actual consoles into probably something that's maybe a little bit more tangible and, and achievable by most people right now is this whole mini console, the, the console redux, where these companies are realizing, and I feel like it took them a really long time to realize this, we're sitting on all of this old IP that people still, like, there's still value there. Mm -hmm. Why not give people the ability to get these things and bring them into modern TVs? Well, it's interesting because there was this wave of these classic uh, game machines, dedicated game machines, where you just plug it right into the front of a TV. But this was before HDMI, and these were, it was mostly Namco arcade classics. Ah, you get right. these single get joysticks, joystick single with button, games with maybe one, two, or four games built in. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, there there was that TV plug-and-play thing kind of worked, but HDMI I, and really opens up some serious quality mixed with these little system-on-chips that are very cheap, that are mass-produced in a modern smartphone age that's really ushered in uh, something like the NES Classic. That really was this thing that combined everything we wanted, which was a powerful enough machine, a cute form factor, familiar games, and powerful performance because you have to have that emulation be right. You right. can't plug in a classic game and have it look slightly off or play slightly off, especially when it looks old. So if it doesn't perform at least as well as the original, you're going to go, ugh, this isn't as fun as I remember. And even though these are coming directly from Nintendo in this case... It is still, to to a certain degree, it is emulation, right? It's absolutely emulation. And Nintendo okay. has a team, N-E-R-D are the initials of it. Nerd. It's a European house that Nerd. has done emulation specifically. I want to say it was a 3DS that they did a lot of really good emulation efforts on, on building their own in-house emulators okay. to try and replicate all of the good and even some of the bad of old systems. Hmm. And so the NES Classic really ushered in this new age of really solid systems. They're not all great. 
In fact, Sega in particular has had uh, another licensee take the Genesis, put that out. It's not great as of right now. There may be an eventual refresh of the little miniature Genesis that plays better. But as of right now, the menus are meh and the emulation is no. So, yeah. but lucky us, we do have right here the Super Nintendo Classic, which is the newer of the Nintendo Classic systems. That's how big this it is. This one retails, I want to say, is that $80? Oh, you know what? I didn't look up the I price, believe, but it's yep, somewhere around. I believe, yep, $79.99. That sounds about right. And that's, that price, unlike the $59.99 NES Classic, yep, comes bucks. with two controllers. Uh, what's more, Nintendo has finally made enough of these things. Because we're in 2018 now, and only this year can you finally buy one of these things for the retail price, as opposed to diving on eBay and living in a monster nightmare of, of crazy overpriced... It shouldn't be that expensive. In fact, yeah. we actually taught people how to build their own emulation hubs when they were sold out over at Ars Technica. If you, for any reason, ever want to do that... That's you know we can lead you to that a ways with a simple googling. But for now, we're lucky to have a Super Nintendo Classic. But I have a classic controller, but it's got a different ending. That kind of looks like a that Wii controller. Look normal. And if you take a look it's at not the, even like a USB plug. Or yeah, anything. if you take a look it's at totally the top different. here, that looks like the old style Super Nintendo ports. So <laughs> how the heck do you plug this thing in? Well, if I can peel it down without messing it up, I'm always I always get my finger there on the wrong spot. Boom. Yep. There's little Wii controller ports in there, which actually means you can plug either the Wii version of the NES controller or the Wii version of the Super NES oh. controller or other, like the Wii Classic controller will work. Uh, so, yeah, it's as simple as that. We've got the second port if we need to. If we can get the feed over to the Super Nintendo menu, here we are hanging out with the pre-installed set of games on the Super Nintendo Classic. Uh, these are marked as one-player and two-player. We can change the sorting by tapping the select button. So two-player games, recently played, times played, release date, publisher, title. We have we have Contra. So we'll start with, in the order of everything. And I, I can't remember if it's 20 or I think it's 20 games. But as you go through, it's got a pretty solid representation of things that were popular, things that Nintendo made and games that other publishers made. Uh, if we just want to jump right into a game, it runs pretty quickly. It also comes with Star Fox 2. But since we already did Super Mario World earlier, let's just go check out some Super Mario World. And again, that's a pretty instant load. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you yeah. look at that, that's pretty crisp and clear. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that looks very very familiar from the clarity that we were getting. Right, you were getting, that emulation is pretty solid. You also, when you go back into the uh, menu, which, by the way, tap the reset button actually on the hardware in order to go back, oh, okay. you get filter options. Uh, so we can, we can do pixel perfect. Or we can do CRT filter. Oh, uh, those, those CRT filters are never any good, though. It's okay. Now, I'll tell you, it's not so bad. They always just seem too obvious to me. So what you get here is you get a visible scanline effect. But it's nothing too intense. Um, I'm pretty solid with that one. Uh, Now what else is cool is that at any point I can tap the down button and I can save that specific spot. Uh, So we go here. We got somebody was already in the middle of their game and didn't want to wait for the save point. Uh, Lucky us, that game has a lot of save uh, support. I don't want to make anyone mad, so I'm just going to put that right back. So it's a pretty, and what I like about this menu interface is it's pretty simple. Yeah. You're going totally. through, you've got those two player. It's nostalgic, filters. it has the covers and everything. The covers so. look good. 
it's it's amazing what you know from using these systems back in the day. Seeing the cover gives you a, more of a feeling of mm -hmm. oh, I got to play all oh, Super Punch Out. It's such an amazing game. One thing, but you see those covers, it just takes you back. One thing that's really fun if you just don't touch the controller for a while. Uh, either Mario or Luigi will run around and they'll just bonk a game and then it'll start playing a pre-made demo of oh, that that's game. Oh, so cool. If you leave it, it's sort of a screensaver, which is nice. Unfortunately, nice. the control, the instruction manuals don't come with uh, the game. You have to go online and uh -oh. scan that code. However, uh -oh. in good news, Nintendo actually scanned really nice copies of the original manuals, which is really cool in my opinion uh, for that as an option. But one other thing you can do with this box, I can't even wait for Jason to feed me into the segment, I just love talking about this, is that these run with uh, run-of-the-mill Android-style motherboards, which means, yes, they can run Linux. So, uh -oh. you can take this little guy and plug it in, that micro USB cable right there, plug the other end into a computer, you can go and find, I'm forgetting the exact name of the software suite, but essentially you can go and find a program that will automatically understand, oh hey, you've just plugged an NES Classic or Super Nintendo Classic into your computer, it will upload special drivers to, uh, I, not, not to you, oh yeah, Hackchi2 is the name H-A-K-C-H-I-2. That is an app, it's free, it's open source, it's made by some enterprising Nintendo fans, and this lets you manage the ROMs that are installed that play directly on Nintendo's own homemade uh, emulator. And it'll also run NES uh, uh ROMs. So you can actually get Super Nintendo games to run on the NES and vice versa. You'll want the correct controllers to get all the buttons for those. So really, you could just get one of these and it's your NES and your Super Nintendo. So long as you have somehow legally acquired right. the games in question and right. properly dumped them yourself or found another way to buy them uh, from an official, you know, you can buy these games for the Wii or the Wii U. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your laws in your country may vary, but there are ways to legitimately pay Nintendo for these games and then put them on a different system. So you know, call your lawyer. That is nice. But it's a really, it's uh, honestly, I recommend it to anyone I know who has given Nintendo a lot of money, owns a lot of software, yep. and wants a way to just have this plug and play. So if they hand this to a kid, they don't have to go finagling around. They can just get into a bunch of games. And when you put Hatchy onto this, it puts all the games into that same nice, neat interface. You don't have to put... It doesn't have That's a crappy cool. menu. It just yeah. works within this menu. Right, yeah. You could almost see it where, okay, great, everything's on there, but all of those extra things don't have art or whatever, but it's all embedded into yep, that it'll same It'll automatically download box art for new games and things that like that. That is so cool. It's very cool. It's, has there been any indication from Nintendo, as far as their classic systems are concerned, about updating the firmware on here to include new games over time? Or are they pretty much, at this point, mum on that and just like, what you get is what you get. What you get is what you get because these are not designed to connect to the internet. There's no Wi-Fi chip. Uh, there's no well, Ethernet. There's nothing officially that says this is how it inter interacts with some sort of download store. Right. They have not indicated that they're going to come out with additional systems. However, in Japan, there is a special version of the Famicom Mini, as in the NES over there, that is loaded with a different set of games. Oh. It's all dedicated to Shonen Jump which is a very, very popular manga collection series in Japan. And so they have a little tiny Famicom that's gold-colored that comes only with games that are based on those manga and anime properties. Oh, wow. So Dragon Ball uh, Z and the soccer uh, or quest games that I never really understood, they're all in Japanese. They all have a bunch of text. They're not import-friendly. Mm -hmm. But I, no, Nintendo, basically, by putting that out, have indicated 
Who knows? Maybe we'll get a sports-only Super Nintendo Classic someday. Yeah. Or, you know, an only Mario NES Classic. We don't... They've said nothing of the sort, but... Who knows? Yeah, very cool. All right, so you alluded to it a little bit. There are other systems. Obviously, Nintendo's not the only company putting out classic systems. Uh, Hyperkin is one that I came across. What do you, What can you tell me about the Hyperkin systems? So the Hyperkin systems, these uh, take different sort of either emulation or chips, but they still require cartridges. They do not come pre-built. Oh, okay. They, don't, they do not come full of their own games. You've got to get your own cartridges and stick them in. And it was actually these sort of waves of these uh, that just made us think, why would anyone want these retro consoles if sometimes they're just fuzzy and don't quite look right? Yeah, right. Uh, even worse than that is what I'd already talked about, AT games. Uh, and those right. are the ones that are full of other uh, licensed games. Like, they don't, you don't put a cartridge in, they just work. Some okay. of them are a combination of come preloaded with games and you can put your cartridge in. But at this point in time, NES and Super NES Classic are pretty much top tier in terms of emulation quality, in terms of build quality. Because again, when we're talking about the Super Nintendo Classic, this is nearly identical to yeah. a Super Nintendo controller. We totally. have a bunch in a pile over there, and the curve, the feel of the D-pad, the button action, it's all equivalent. Same with the NES Classic. If you like that square controller, ugh, then, you know, that's an option. I don't know why they don't put the dog bone NES controllers out from, like, that late, or that early 90s end of the NES era, but that's a whole nother Most complaint. people didn't have it. They, they all had the, even They even had the squares. Was, they know the squares. Yeah, square. even though the square wasn't the most comfortable controller in the world, it's but, iconic. But honestly, it's, I think it's just a matter of other companies not having that extra wherewithal to say, we're going to pump a lot of money into this because we can guarantee a sellout. Yeah. Nintendo, I don't know if they really expected the sellout that they got, considering what limited stock they had the first year, but right. you know, these things fly off the shelves, and they built it in such a way so that they, were, they deserved it. Yeah, and I know that you know, people probably heard Sony has plans. Um, I'm not sure exactly when that's going to release, based I can on tell when you. we're recording this. <laughs> on December 3rd, okay, we're going to so get it's still the, in the future. The PlayStation Classic will be coming out for $99 worldwide. Every territory will get its own PlayStation Classic. There's a chance that there will be different games on different, uh, in different territories, so keep an eye out for that. While we're recording this, they've only announced five of the games. Final Fantasy VII, Tekken III, uh, Wild Arms. Uh, I'm blanking on the others that have been announced so far. But those are some pretty big ones, and that leaves 15 more to be announced uh, worldwide. Could be different ones in different territories. What was that date again? December 3rd. December 3rd. So it came out three days ago. <laughs> well, based on when this episode is going start to air. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> we recorded a bunch of these in advance. And, and I'm, I, I think this is awesome as well. I was a, I was a PlayStation uh, owner, and it's, it's a great console. Like, this was a very iconic console for what it brought to 3D gaming. It really set the path for everything that we're in now. And because Nintendo doesn't have a classic console coming out, I think Sony might have looked and said, now's our time, we can get a Christmas, we can pump one of these out. And I don't know if if they've gotten to a sellout point. As of right now, as we're recording this, you can still order them. They're not sold out the way the NES Classic was in advance. So we'll see. Interesting. I'm stuff. stoked. I, you know, we'll know by now. I mean, by now you will have seen some reviews that talk about the emulation quality and whether they're hackable. And those are the big questions because if it's hackable and you've already owned a bunch of PlayStation games and want to pump more into whatever Sony's emulation solution is, great. But if the emulation stinks, then meh. Yeah. 
So this has been one kind of emulation. We're going to dive into in a completely different direction, kind of like a premium hardware version of this, something called the Super NT. But first, let's thank the sponsor of this episode of Know How. So this episode of Know How is brought to you by ExpressVPN, and there are a number of reasons why I'm a big fan of ExpressVPN. Talk about those in a second, but you might you know already know that IoT, the Internet of Things, it can be really challenging. There's a whole lot of insecurity happening with IoT right now. Uh, although it's made life easier in certain ways uh, because we can do all those things like controlling our thermostats wherever we happen to be, uh, getting updates on what food happens to be in our fridge, that sort of stuff. Uh, but all of that convenience, as you know, comes at a price, comes at a cost. If you have an unprotected IoT uh, ecosystem, or even a particular device that is a gold mine for hackers and many of those devices have not been built with security in mind so there are ways to protect those devices one way uh, is to use vpn and you should try expressvpn app for routers and that'll do it all for you expressvpn runs a secure vpn directly on your router which encrypts internet data for every device on your home network that happens to pass through it. So everything's protected. ExpressVPN is the only VPN provider uh, that I trust with protecting all my devices. The ExpressVPN app for routers is super easy to set up, which isn't always the case when you're talking about this sort of stuff. Uh, Or you can purchase a router with the firmware pre-installed to make it even easier. Every device gets ExpressVPN protection the moment it connects to your router. An ExpressVPN subscription also comes with apps for computers, smartphones, and tablets, giving you on-the-go protection. And there's a whole bunch of nice features in those apps that make it even more secure. And ExpressVPN secures and anonymizes your internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. And it costs less than seven bucks a month. Take back your internet privacy today and find out how you can get three extra months free with a one-year package. Just go to expressvpn.com slash know-how. That's expressvpn.com slash know-how for three extra months free with a one-year package. One more time, expressvpn.com slash know-how is what you need to know. And you can visit that site to learn more. And we thank ExpressVPN for their support. So I'm not entirely sure if this how like how different this is from some of the stuff that we were talking about because I feel like in the last segment we had the mini consoles that had the games kind of baked in, and then we had some of these third parties that are making some of those con- the, their own versions of consoles that have the games baked in, and then some of them that require the cartridge that does the conversion, and even then not very well. Where does the analog Super NT fit into the mix? Quite comfortably. <laughs> the analog Super NT, I'll just unplug a little bit of it, is a, a third party created box that's got some heft to it yeah. that has, what's an, has known as an FPGA board built in, meaning that it is not a software emulator, but it's kind of a hardware emulator. It's using its own circuit board to essentially take the data from your average video game cartridge and read it just the way a Super Nintendo would, so that it's just like a hardware Super Nintendo, but not a Super Nintendo. That they had to go and, you know, you can't just go and order the parts from an old Super Nintendo. They don't make those those exact chips and boards anymore. Uh, And the analog team made the analog NT as an NES kind of uh, experiment years ago, which was very expensive. Uh, I can't remember the exact price, but it was sort of insane. 
uh, very limited, and this is a more reasonable, still bulky. It's got some heft to it. It's got a really nice build quality to it, but yeah. I can't remember the exact price on this guy. Is it 100 It's It's something that's definitely reasonable if you're looking to get a Super Nintendo that has, hey, look, HDMI out. That's a really nice thing to have. And it's 1080p just, out, right? Yeah. So you can get up to 1080p resolution on this, and uh, it'll just take your old cartridges. So we're just going to go ahead, plug this guy in, as everyone else rapidly looks at pricing information, and I'll go ahead and print it on. Oh, so there's different models that get up to about 190 bucks. Yeah, the classic is 190. We're looking at the classic right now. And you now. can get different. There's also a black version. You can get different colors. Uh, some of them are not available right now because they're on uh, back order or pre order. There's uh, even a transparent one. Yeah. So, uh, wow. but but now I've powered it on. These are fancy. And that'll take us into a landing menu that you might not expect. So, in addition to the flashy intro, mm-hmm. which actually plays randomly every single time, little trivia, that was made by a guy named Phil Fish, who's known for an indie game called Fez. Uh, okay. He just went in and, like, made that crazy set of weird uh, shapes that pop up. But once you're actually in, you have some options. Run cartridge, well, that's kind of what you'd expect. But you also have some preloaded games that never saw official launch. These are Super Nintendo-y side-scrollers. One of them is just a tweak on an original uh, game that came out, and one never came out. Before that, we'll get into settings, and we're not going to change any of these, but you can change the resolution. Uh, You can go all the way from 480p to 1080p. You even have some 50 hertz uh, monitors, so if you want to play some European uh, games, you're going to be in decent shape. You can change the ratio of the screen uh, for how the pixels represent. You can add some scalers uh, in terms of using the FPGA board, adding some additional processing for the image. Uh, We're not going to play with those today. Scan lines, which people love. You have a whole lot of options for how the scan lines appear. We're going to pick no scan lines for now to keep it simple. I'm not going to mess with advanced mode just yet, but I promise you there's a lot there. Um, Audio out has its own uh, kind of things where you can swap channels, change some of the audio volume stuff. But let's, uh, let's go back. Just to run the cartridge, just to show yeah. you what happens with this copy of Star Fox that we're, we've got. Oh, Star Fox. And you can go into the settings and skip that menu unless you hold down a button in order to just go straight in. Mm-hmm. But here we go. I'm going to hit the start button. And now here's what's interesting. Star Fox is a peculiar game because it has an extra chip inside of it. Yes, it does. Right, and the Super FX chip. Correct. And that means it has to interface with the Super Nintendo in order to work. Like It's essentially an addition to the... The, the the system. But here we go. I am now, did that require around. that? Did that require something special to be installed into the Super NT? No, nope. that's embedded in the cartridge. The Super NT, yeah, that, that that part's embedded in the cartridge. The Super NT simply has support baked in, as if it is just like a uh, real Super Nintendo. Got it. Uh, so then we hit reset. We're going to go back to, I believe, uh, some sort of main menu. Oh no, we go back to the to the to the game reset. We can power down all the way to go back to those other games. But it just works. So what we end up with for 190 bucks is that support for Super Nintendo cartridges that you already love and may already have, yep. plus that easy, clean HDMI out that we wanted from that converter kit that we saw earlier, mm-hmm. plus some of those extra scan line and filter options that you might want to apply to get a fake CRT effect if you don't have that old giant tube TV but want to replicate that sort of style. 
And what's interesting when we're talking about something like the analog NT, kind of like with an actual Super Nintendo where you're dealing with cartridges, it can be nice to consolidate and you can use something like an EverDrive or as we have here, an SD2 SNES, which gives you the option of putting in an SD card that is full of ROMs. Also, this guy has one of these older... Um, USB ports. I always forget the oh, name of that I always kind. forget the one, that but, one, too. But the point being USB that... USB micro you can, or something? If you have, as we've talked about, acquired files for your games legitimate ways, whether you've bought them from other Nintendo marketplaces or what have you, these give you a way for... It, the, the price can range from 50 to $200 for these cartridges, depending on the console that oh, wow. you are playing with. Um, but they work. They just tell the Super Nintendo, the N64, whatever cartridge system you're talking about, what the game data is. The big catch is that some of them don't necessarily do like Star Fox does. They don't include like a Super FX chip. Some of the newer oh, okay. ones include some little uh, patches and add-ons that feed the right information and processing to a Super Nintendo, but you may lose 100% game compatibility if you aren't just working with the cartridge. But that's a thing to keep in mind if you're trying to find another way to kind of shrink down all of the junk that you have with your retro setup. So this is honestly a really interesting uh, object to go for for that price point. If you're at right around 200 bucks, instead of getting a converter cable and using your old gear, you just get this guy. Uh, I don't know how many... It doesn't ship with official controllers. Uh, I believe it comes with some of these... Um, you can get the 8-bit-do pads. Mm-hmm. I love that I have to duck down to, to grab that. But this uh, works either wired or wirelessly Move it over here. on this guy. Yeah, just to, to And, you know, it's got, the matching, it's got the matching colors. You can buy the matching colors for this for yeah. whichever analog uh, Super NT you end up getting. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the 8-bit-do so, uh, game pads. So you've got options... Uh, with with that guy, I just think that this is honestly, other than being hard to get because it's on pre-order or back order for yeah. some of these, that's really the only catch. I think it's a really cool option if you already have a bunch of cartridges laying around, and it comes preloaded with some rare games. Those Super Turrigan games are really 16-bit 90s action. You're a giant robot shooting stuff. Yeah, I mean that's you're, cool. You're sold. So okay, so then I'm I'm trying to figure out like. You know, which person is going to go the route of buying the classic console and then getting the scaler? That's probably the person that has designs to like b- increase their their console museum of sorts, right? This is really for the person that like I'm I'm just a big fan of the Super Nintendo. I don't want to have to get all these extra pieces of hardware in order to do it. I just want to get one thing that supports my modern TV that does the conversion the right way. Is there any like alteration to how this plays the game? Like, is there any visible uh, kind of uh, reconstruction of those games in the emulation or however it's, 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 you know, cracking the code there um, that that a true gamer would actually notice? A true gamer, a full-on crazy old schooler is going to notice a little bit of input latency. So when you tap the button, what happens on screen? Because again, we are not in the CRT era in which it was pretty instant. You will get a little bit of that. This does have a little bit more of that than a really good upscaler. But that being said, that other blurry upscaler we had wouldn't really help a lot with that either. You're always going to have some form of input lag. Uh, You pretty much have to grab a a modern iPhone, turn it on super slow-mo, tap the button and see what happens on the screen to see how different each one is. Now, each of those frames can matter. Like, one sixtieth of a second can matter when you're playing a Mega Man game and trying to hit that perfect jump or deal with that terrible bad guy. But uh, 
ultimately, when you're picking between the things we're talking about, between uh, Nintendo's official Super NES Classic and this and that really nice converter we showed off, it's not so bad. Yeah, right on. Cool. Well, maybe we've given you all the knowledge that you need to finally start your own console museum at home. And if you do, you might as well uh, you know, let everybody know. We've got a community that I'll tell you about here in just a second. That would be a great place to share that. Uh, but anyways, we hope that you've enjoyed this kind of look back at, at classic gaming. And I, I'm, I'm so, like, I love this angle of gaming. It's definitely where I probably spend most of my gaming time, which I don't have a whole lot, but when I do, I really enjoy uh, diving into this stuff. Next week, we're going to talk, actually, we, we mentioned him earlier. Alan Cecil is the founder of Tazbot, which uh, he's basically, they do console hacking, essentially. He and his team uh, do tool-assisted speedrun bot. That's what Tazbot stands for. And he's just doing a lot of really cool stuff with consoles, hacking it to do entirely new things and he's going to come in and talk to us about it kind of show off his his stuff i am stoked i'm a huge fan of the craziness that taskbot can do and again just tapping buttons on the controller it is not going in and soldering anything in the system that's i can't even wait to see this yeah so it's going to be a lot of fun so that's next week's episode uh links show notes uh, past episodes subscribe every piece of information that you need for know-how can be found in one place we've made it easy for you twit.tv slash kh is where you go to find all of that information uh new episode of this show know-how posts every thursday 2 p.m eastern 11 a.m pacific and you can find that at twit.tv slash kh or if you're already subscribed it'll appear in your podcaster uh podcast catcher of choice and that's the that's the way the pros do it uh know how google plus community this is what i was talking about if you uh set up one of these console museums that would be a perfect place to share photos of it so you can brag a little bit to people who will really understand and appreciate all the hard work that you put in so search for the community go to google plus do a search for twit know how and you'll find it or you can go to gplus.to slash twit kh and there's nearly 12,000 other fans of this show there pitching in and uh, chatting about all the topics that we discuss on this show so you can be a part of that and we hope that you do uh twitter what about you sam find me at sam red also head to arstechnica.com to see everything i have to say about video games gizmos technology all the works which is a whole lot of stuff he he says a lot about those things so arstechnica.com i'm at jason howell on twitter josh of course uh twitter the mac and josh right or am i no no he's promoting Uh... a snack Snapchat. Oh, no, Snapchat or... No, uh, actually, I'm trying to focus on my Foursquare. Foursquare? Foursquare, oh. yeah. Okay. Uh, that's what I'm really focusing even, on. Didn't even know that was still a thing. Okay, so uh, what what are you on Foursquare? So actually on Foursquare, you can find me at The Mac and Josh. Oh, okay. So. All right, so uh, this is a little bit of a change. I'm kind of throwing off. Yeah, but... I know. I know it's confusing, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's The Mac and Josh. <laughs> right on. All right, Hashtag so brand. Find him on Foursquare, and then you can stalk Josh, and that's apparently what he wants you to do. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thank you all for watching. Thanks for watching Know How. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see you next week. Now that you know how, go make a console museum of your own. See you guys soon.